Welcome, everybody, to Let's Save Thousands. I'm your co-host, Ed Kalenka, here with... And I'm Bev Kalenka. Good morning, everybody. Hey, Ed, how are we going to help our audience save thousands today? We're going to be discussing the five most important mistakes sellers make when selling their home. Ooh. Let's get ready to save thousands. Ed, one of the biggest mistakes sellers make is not hiring an experienced agent to sell their home. So let's have a discussion on that. What has your experience been when you get interviewed or when you go to list a property? Well, one of the key components you know, that I find sellers ask is, number one, are you a full-time agent or are you a part-time agent? Mm-hmm. And of course, I always say I'm a part-time agent. I only do this when I'm awake. <laughs> you know, And then it's a matter of then showing that we have a proven track record you know, of over 30 years experience. In addition to that, we've been top producers for years. Mm-hmm. And that is accompanied by reviews and data. Mm-hmm. You know, because in, in today's world where everybody can be uh, a, a glamorous uh, influencer on the internet, uh, it's the actual data that shows uh, those who are experienced versus those who are novices. So I know some of the questions we've had to answer when we're sitting down with potential sellers, they'll ask, you know, how many homes have we sold in the neighborhood, right? What kind of marketing do we do? They wanna see what's in our black box. Well, that's essential to be able to share that black box because the seller should know upfront what it is that you're going to do to market that home. In other words, how many MLS services are you going to be putting that property in? How is, what kind of exposure is it going to be getting? Social media exposure, print exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and all these things matter. You know, so are you going to be advertising it you know, through Google AdWords? Are you going to be advertising it on Facebook? What social media campaigns are you going to utilize? Mm-hmm. Are there going to be postcards sent out? Are there going to be calling campaigns that surround that property to notify uh, the neighbors? Are you going to give instruction to to them, to that seller, to share those social media campaigns on their social media so their friends and family get to disseminate that marketing as well? Mm -hmm. One of the other questions we often uh, get and talk and discuss with sellers is uh, communication. How often? What type? It's essential to understand there needs to be a defined schedule and a defined manner in which you're going to communicate with that seller and also what their, perform- their preferred means of communication are. You know, in other words, is it going to be through text? Is it going to be through email? Is it going to be through phone, phone calls? calls? Or is it going to be through all of them? Mm-hmm. And, and and is it just one party? Is it two parties? I, you know, right. In situations where we, you know, we've experienced, we're dealing with uh, estates, and it's agreed upon that every member of, of the, uh, you know, all the beneficiaries will be notified at the same time. Mm-hmm. So now, what you're doing, you're putting this in a group text or in a group email, mm-hmm. where everybody is getting that information. We have to, as agents, need to be ready to accommodate the needs of each one of those individuals. And it's important because, you know, out of sight, out of mind, if people don't hear from you, they're wondering, is, is anything What's happening? happening? Right. The other thing to talk about is, is when you work with an experienced agent, they are part of a, a, a team. Right? It, an agent does not sell the property. 
on their own. You know, from the beginning to end, it's a team effort. You know, together each of us, you know, achieves more. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a lot to that an acronym. So that means that the the seller is part of that team. Yeah, and it's also keeping that seller in communication uh, with what is transpiring with whether you're doing that in conjunction with a pre-home inspection, with a stager, with home repair, with an attorney, title company. Like it's been said before, 84 different people are going to be touching this transaction. And how is that agent going to be that person that directs that communication so that the seller is aware of what's happening. And I think last, what you get with an experienced agent is the, their ability to negotiate on so many levels. Well, that negotiation starts right on the onset, mm -hmm. you know, and understanding the listing agent that when we list a property, we're at the point. No other agent is going to do for, for that seller what it is that we are going to do because we have a fiduciary obligation to that seller. Mm-hmm. And that means that any agent that comes in from an outside agency is working strictly for the buyer. And part of the negotiation starts there with communications, particularly if a seller is there and the, the buyer just nonchalantly asks, gee, where are you looking to go? Well, what they're looking to do is to explore that seller's motivation so that they can find a chink in the armor so they can start whittling away you know, at the price. Right, right. So there's a lot of aspects yeah. of negotiation experienced agents bring to the table absolutely an experienced agent is going to be cognizant going to be mindful of that mm -hmm. all the time you know because all it takes is one little slip to end up costing the seller thousands of dollars right. so many sellers know family friends you know that are licensed but that doesn't mean that they have the ability to get the job done well, Bev, you know the old adage, if uh, you don't have a friend in real estate, you don't have any friends. And the, Ouch. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. You know, so the question is, uh, you know, are you looking to do a friend a favor or are you looking to sell your house for the highest and best price? Right. This is, your, this is your, your biggest asset. So have someone who's got a track record and is experienced to handle the transaction. Another mistake sellers make when they go to sell a home is not knowing your costs, right? This comes up more times than you can imagine mm -hmm. that the seller uh, has omitted or just neglected to understand that there are additional costs in selling your home. So I've got a couple bullet points. Let's, let's kind of chat these out. Seller pays a real estate commission, right? Seller pays attorney's fees. Yes. Seller pays recording fees. Seller pays off their mortgage, their existing mortgage. Right. And in, in addition with each one of those items, there are some additional fees, you know, in addition to the recording fees, but sometimes these small little, like, overnight mm -hmm. fees, you know, that, you know, these $35, $50, these things add up. Realty transfer tax fee. Right. A lot of people don't understand that it's there and, and it's uh, that's going to be different than it is for a millennial seller uh, versus a, a senior seller who's going to get a state discount. Right. So before we go off onto the variables, when you and I sit down with a client and we are ready to list a property, we will actually do a worksheet, which gives them an, a rough itemized cost. They, they of, an, an estimated initial net sheet. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so here come the variables because this is where we can really go down that rabbit hole. We're, we promise we're not going to, but 
the variables would be some of the costs that the sellers don't consider or don't think about. The first is going to be uh, cost of decluttering. Right. Are you going to need a dumpster? Are you going to rent a storage facility? Mm -hmm. For how long will you need that storage facility? Right, right. The second is going to be my, minor home improvements. Uh, we're talking about painting. Right. And painting is essential today in creating a neutral environment. Uh, but, you know, is the seller going to do it? Are they going to hire someone to do it? Mm -hmm. uh, lingering problems. So often we have a problem that lingers that we have become so accustomed to, we just forget about it. In order to put your home in the best light, this needs to be pointed out that it might be objectionable, you know, to the potential buyer, and that can cost you thousands. Right, right. Uh, moving expenses. You're looking at packing. You're looking at movers, trucking, and whether it's local or out of state. You're looking at possible vehicle transport. I mean, any comments on that, Ed? Well, this varies greatly because, you know, are you going to be moving directly into your new home? Or, or are you going to have to put those items in storage? Right. You know, so, and then what are your either rental costs or transportation costs going to be? And once again, these all add up to impact your bottom line. Right. And then I guess the last is, is repairs and concessions. So here we're talking about post-home inspection items. You know, buyers come in, done the home inspection, and, you know, there's going to be some concessions that a seller typically will address. Right, and they weren't actually calculated when you were initially there doing your, your rough estimate. Right. You know, and so there needs to be a little slush fund to be considered that you're going to have to put something aside for these repairs. Correct. Sellers not having a handle on these costs and the variables can really impact their, their bottom line. And it's exactly why you need to know your costs. So the third mistake sellers make on our list of five would be neglecting the conditions. Right, neglecting or overlooking the conditions. Right. I mean, we have always been a proponent of pre-home inspections for sellers. Having that inspector go in and address or pick out some of the material defects. And when we talk about material defects, Ed, what are we talking about? Well, first it's important to understand that although the seller has lived there for a number of years, they believe they upkept the, the property, technology is advanced. So the inspectors who are coming in are begin, going to be using improved technology to examine the property. So this may expose where there's moisture coming into the home. It, it may show where there is um, when they did an oil tank sweep maybe 10 years ago now they have deep penetrating scans that go deep into the property that are going to show things that weren't necessarily picked up years ago right so it's a matter of being proactive right so a couple of other additional items might be looking for mold uh wood destroying insects electrical panels that have leaks or they are pacific yeah, Federal Pacific panels. Right. You know, the, the codes have changed. You know, year, years ago, you used to be able to, you know, remove a little bit of rust off your electrical panel and you just paint it up. It's no longer acceptable today. If there's rust inside the panel, they want it removed. Uh, doing a septic inspection before putting the house on the market. A lot of times, sellers have been there for 30 years and they, well, I haven't touched it, you know. 
Right, but we've got major changes, you know, due to the Highlands Act that have impacted the designs of septic systems where today those septic systems that have worked fine are no longer acceptable yeah. uh, based upon the, the town's regulations. Sewer line scopes, the new buffs. I mean, can't tell you how, oh, if it's an older home, an inspector may want to scope it. Asbestos. You know, there are a lot of times sellers don't realize that the tile in the basement or up in the attic area is asbestos tile. Or where the, or the heating pipes. system used to be, that it was once insulated with asbestos, and people have just forgot about it. Right. In fireplaces. It, once again, the technology has advanced to such a degree uh, that they will go there and scope, and it will show every minor fissure or and crack, and uh, this may require that the chases be relined. So, Ed, neglecting the conditions, it's not that the seller's act actually neglecting. Sometimes they just don't see it. They just don't recognize it, or they're not aware. Yes, and the important thing here is to realize is that these will impact the buyer. And what you're looking to do is to remove that objection before it occurs and impacts your ability to negotiate the highest and best offer for your home. Right. I mean, knowledge is power here. Yes, indeed. And the fourth mistake sellers make is restricting access to the property. And that can be done in many ways. It can. It can. Um, not providing reasonable access to buyer agents and buyers really impedes your ability to get maximum exposure. Right. That means limiting the days that it can be shown, minimizing the times it can be accessed. Seller having to be home during showings. This impacts the buyer being able to strike while their emotional iron is hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be able to allow that buyer to access that property when they're excited and want to see it. If you're going to tell them, well, you need 48 hours notice, mm. that's going to damper their enthusiasm. So with reasonable access, we're talking about in today's world having a lockbox available as opposed to having an agent, the listing agent, a company, or the seller has to be home. Many sellers don't realize by their presence on the property when the buyer comes really puts a damper uh, on that showing experience, both for the buyer and the, the buyer's agent. Now, what we want to do is allow them to have access to the property and to feel as if the property is theirs, mm -hmm. you know, so that they can actually have conversations, maybe even sit down at the dining room table to be able to comment, both offer uh, critical suggestions uh, in making modifications of the home. This allows the agent and the buyer to really experience the home in an unfettered fashion, right. rather than feeling inhibited. And the worst thing that can happen is when a seller stays in the home and lingers, believing that they are adding such great value by describing their experience with the home rather than allowing that buyer to experience it for the first time themselves. Great point. Pet restrictions. This is an amazing feature here because we all love our pets. We've had pets, you know, and but we need to recognize that we need to make accommodations for showing the property. 
And God knows that we've had our, our homes that our pets are a major concern. They're part of the family. You know, and we understand that. But not every buyer and buyer agent feels comfortable walking into a house that has a dog that's not in a crate or cats that you have to worry about um, if you open up a, a door or a slider and you go out the back to just take a look at the property. You've got to worry about an animal getting out. Don't quote me here, but I believe it's about 25% of the population is not pet friendly. Wow. Yeah, and so what happens here, now we're talking about all sorts of pets, mm -hmm. whether it's going to be a gerbil, a parakeet, a uh, cockatoo, a, uh, a dog, and you know, many people have experiences where they've been frightened by a dog. And we don't want to have that buyer come in and all of a sudden retract and have a sense of fear. That's the last thing that we want to have. So we want to be able to put your home in the best light. And that means making accommodations, you know, for that pet and not limiting the buyer pool from experiencing your home. Correct. Yeah. You know, so the other key here is understanding you need to be flexible. Right. Seller does. The seller, the seller needs to be flexible in understanding that this is a major decision by the buyer and you want them to feel comfortable. It's an inconvenience, but it's a temporary inconvenience for sellers. And the game plan is to reach the goal of getting the home sold. Yeah, and getting the highest and best price for your home. Right. And that allows that buyer to have the best showing experience possible. So open up those days available, those hours available, make accommodations, have a pet walker, um, take care of the animal during showings. Be flexible. Know that you could get a call. Hey, your house wants to be shown in an hour and a half. Don't flip out. Oh, no, I can't do that. That may be the buyer that's going to offer you exactly what you're looking for. And when we're looking at restrictions as related to pets, this may be due to the need to clean up after pets. Right. You know, you know people are working full-time jobs. Some people are working two jobs at a time, uh, and yet they have a pet, and that pet needs to be cared for. So the seller needs to make accommodations to do that, either by having a pet sitter or, or someone that's going to be able to walk the dog, mm -hmm. take care of the cat, mm -hmm. take care of the litter box, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, mm -hmm. so that that home is presented uh, in its best light. Right. And, and, and so we're all working towards that goal of, of getting the seller to the highest and best price for the home. Okay, makes sense. So the fifth mistake for sellers is letting your emotions get the best of you. It's important to understand that buying and selling a house is one of the most emotionally charged experiences that you can have. It's a roller coaster, no doubt about it. And there are a lot of, a lot of peaks and valleys. <laughs> but if you stick to the roadmap, you'll get from A to Z. Right, and so we need to be able to you know, develop that plan with the seller, let them know of some of these pitfalls and some of these detours uh, that it's going to be okay, we're going to get back on the beam, and as long as we have that goal in mind, we can come to a successful close. But in the meantime, you're going to have, you know, buckle up. Right. <laughs> you, some of the issues are feedback that 
the seller gets from the buyer agent, that the buyer didn't like the kitchen or didn't like the bathrooms or didn't like the floor plan or didn't like the backyard. Don't take it personally. Don't be offended when a low offer comes in. Could be a buyer and a buyer agent just testing the waters. It doesn't mean that they don't love your house or they want your house. It doesn't mean that they're discarding your house or that they just don't be offended by that. Yeah. Two things, Beth. One is that when we're looking for feedback, understand that the buyer agent doesn't readily give that to the listing agent. Sometimes it takes multiple attempts Requests, to yeah. get that information, and sometimes they never give it to you. However, what we do is convey to the seller that we've requested you know, several times to give us feedback, you know, and they haven't, so that speaks volumes. And sometimes it's, con it's constructive criticism. Sometimes in that, you'll, the buyer agent will say, hey, you know, you can smell pet odors or something like that, and it's important to be able to go back to your client, the seller, and say, this is the feedback. But try, understand that this is a business transaction, right, Ed? It is, and sometimes if you're selling a three-bedroom house and you get the feedback is, oh, they were looking for a four-bedroom, and then, then the the seller gets upset, so what the heck are they even showing it for? Well, we can't answer that. <laughs> All we can do is be the messenger. Right. You know, so, but it's that type of emotional roller coaster. Right. Um, so be careful taking feedback personally. That, you know, that's a mistake. Agents showing up 15 minutes early or 15 minutes late. If, if you've ever been a part of that as a seller going out looking at property, you know sometimes you there could be a lag. You could be looking at a house that could take a little bit longer, or you could be previewing a, a house and it could take you know two seconds to walk in and out. I've always said that the patron state of real estate transaction is Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. <laughs> you know, it's always something. You know, and in today's world, when an agent is showing properties and they're showing maybe two, three, four before you're in that queue, uh, there can be delays. And traffic has become such a major problem. Times you can't control the traffic. Home inspection responses. So you get an offer, the seller gets an offer on the property. And the agent, the buyer agent, has contacted your agent to have a conversation about, well, this is, you know, the home inspection went okay. There was only a couple of items. Next thing you know, uh, two days later, you, there is a, you know, warm piece that you, yeah, you, you, your you, attorney's you, just received. 57 bullet points as to what needs to be done. You know, and it's disturbing and upsetting. But understand, a lot of these are just red herrings. Right. You know, so it's a matter of going through them uh, and deciphering uh, what it is that you, the seller, uh, is intending to do. And that's really where an experienced agent, this is where an experienced agent really helps you to navigate uh, through, the, through the transaction process. When you get a home inspection list like that, your agent's going to sit down with you and go over it. And understand that there's, like Ed said, there's some red herrings. 
And so what we do is when we're handling this, we go through each one of the items with you to uh, make a decision. Of the, you know, yes, we'll consider this. No, we won't consider this. Or, or, or perhaps we'll offer some concession uh, related to that. Right. When we're in a transaction like this, Ed literally does a, a grid where he'll, he'll present it to the seller after he goes through the home inspection and sits down with the seller. And, and you've got a, you know, how do you, how do you categorize them? Well, I categorize them in, 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 in three areas. One is like red light, green light, you know, yellow light. You know, we're going to, yes, we're going to absolutely do take care of this. No, well, maybe we'll consider this. And you know what? This is drop dead. We're not going to consider if it's okay. in the red. You know, but when we're looking at through, through this with the seller, we're also going to be looking to give a narrative explaining as to why we're not going to offer something. It could be simply that the uh, inspector made a mistake mm. or didn't understand that something was installed in such and such a date. And we give that explanation. Uh, or what may require is that we, in turn, have another professional come in, whether it's a plumber, an electrician, uh, a roofer, a carpenter, what have you, uh, to examine the item that is said to have a deficit in order to get uh, an approval or an interpretation that that item is in good condition and doesn't need uh, the requested repair. So it's a matter of understanding don't be upset by the length and breadth of uh, inspection request, we're really looking to get this to a successful close and let's see what we can do to come to negotiate uh, a, an agreement among all parties. Right. Remember, there's a, there's a goal here and, and keeping a positive mindset is, is really paramount. Yeah, and so the bottom line is the bottom line. We understand that sellers have emotions and they're real they're valid they count and it, the key point here is being able to recognize your emotions and keep them in check so then you are able to navigate the transaction uh, with a clear mind and with sight of the goal uh, that you've started with so it's important also to understand that that other party is chalked filled with emotions and many times what excites and exacerbates this situation is language and or uh, communications that are said in such a manner that they're misinterpreted or they're define that for our listeners well we live in a social media environment where people are communicating in you know through text through emails and many times the inflection, the emotions are not that, that are sent are just misinterpreted because of the language, because you don't have the tonality, you don't have the facial expressions, and we have a predisposition to interpreting it the way in which we think it is being expressed rather than the way in which the conveyor of that sentiment has sent it. Uh, and this leads for some emotional conflict which needs to be 
ironed out, needs to be cooled down. And that's why we have an experienced agent in your corner to do that so that you can remain uh, somewhat focused and level-headed and not get bogged down and sweat the small stuff. Okay, makes sense. All right, so to recap. Okay, to recap the five mistakes to avoid when selling your home. One, avoid hiring an inexperienced agent. Two, not knowing your costs. Three, neglecting to address conditions. Four, restricting showing access. Five, letting your emotions get the better of you. By avoiding these five mistakes, it's going to allow you to increase your bottom line and to save thousands. 